0: The important matters that we learn from this chapter And this serves for us a summary And It provides us with a summary of that which we've taken And so uh, a, a nice way for us to recap What we've covered in this chapter that, that we've just finished Now So the important matters that we learn from this chapter Firstly, the we learn the maratib of the people fit We learn that the people are of various levels, as it relates to Tawhid. The people are of maratib. The Imam says, "Ma'rifat maratib al-nas fit knowing the varying or various levels of people, as it pertains to a tohid. Not all of them are the same And this is taken from The hadith That there will be from this ummah Those who will enter Paradise Without punishment And without a reckoning Now, So that is clearly taken from that hadith Showing that From the ummah There are those Who have reached this level They will escape Reckoning They will escape Punishment However, there are those from the, from the ummah who will experience and go through the reckoning, the hisab. And there are those who will be punished. So showing to us clearly that the people are of levels. Likewise, we learn the meaning of this tahqiq, or this perfection and completion of tawheed. Naam. And that is by purifying this Tawheed from a shirk that is by purifying this Tawheed from a shirk what is a shirk one of the young ones preferably who can tell and how do you, how do you categorize a young one as well so, someone who is under someone who is under 15 Can, can, can someone answer that? What is sh- a shirk? Hmm? Should we raise it by another five years? Someone who's under 20. MashaAllah, you're under 20. Young. Allah barak. Naam, the meaning of shirk is? We'll take it. To associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To associate partners, to make partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In what? If we were to explain this a bit further. Yes. In ibadah, mashallah alayk. khair. Now, to associate partners and to make partners with Allah in ibadah, in worship. Example of that. An example of that. To make du'a to other Allah, to ask for something from other than Allah in that which is only specific to Allah that, o- that only Allah can grant so as an example what I- what is excluded from this is if you were to ask someone for something that he is capable of giving you so asking uh, someone who is there with you to help you with something someone who is present able to help you and so on or provide you with something provide, maybe you're in need of financial aid, and so you ask someone for, for financial aid and you ask someone who's capable, someone who's alive someone who's present, someone who can, can aid you, when we say to ask Allah for, for that which only he can give that is something which is specific to him um, and so as an example the same example if you would uh work with that. So if some somebody who's in financial difficulty, but he has no one no one around him to aid him. He has no friends, he has no one who is capable uh, of helping him. So he he asks Allah to aid him, to provide for him. And there are those matters which clearly nobody can help this individual with. So uh to give life and take life. Naam and Yeah I need the likes of these affairs. And more of this, inshallah ta'ala, will, will, will follow. طيب, but shirk is to ascribe partners to Allah, not just in his worship, but anything that is specific to him. So by that definition, not just worship, not, to, not just to make partners with Allah in his worship, but also to make partners with Allah in, we said ibadah, lordship in his Rububiya. So to, to to make partners with Allah in the fact that He is the Lord, He is the creator, the provider, the sustainer, the giver of life, taker of life. So likewise in these matters, these the, those matters that are specific purely to Allah, then we don't ascribe anything as a partner uh, to Him. In those affairs, if we were to, then that is a shirk. Likewise, Vows and so on. This you can, it comes under worship. Likewise, if, because here we've dealt with worship, to ascribe partners with Allah in worship and in His Lordship, we can also extend it to, to ascribe and to make partners with Allah in His names and attributes. Because the names and attributes that Allah has described Himself with, or the Messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam described Allah with, those are specific to Him. And so if a person was to come and ascribe a partner to Allah in any of those names and attributes, then that is likewise a shirk. Now and so to the the perfection of Tawheed is to purify that Tawheed from a shirk. Now the third matter that we learn is Allah uh Allah's praise. Of Ibrahim alayhi salam for not being from the polytheists, the mushrikeen. Where well, Allah Ta'ala, He said, وَلَمْ يَكُ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينِ And He was not from the mushrikeen. He was not from those who associate partners with Allah. Na'am. <inaudible> Likewise, Allah's praise for the awliya. In that they are free from a shirk Allah Taala He said, "Wuladina hum bi la yushirikun. The verse that we 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 read, hum bi-Rabbihim la yushirikun. Allah describes the characteristics of the awliya. Who are awliya? What what does that mean? awliya? That's an Arabic word. What do we mean when we say awliya? The awliya of Allah. The allies, the friends of Allah. And how can we summarize? Or or has they come? in the Quran a description of the awliya a, a nice way a, short, a brief way in how we can describe the awliya ala in awliya allah la khawfun alayhim wa lahum yahzanun allatheena amanu wa kanu yattaqun so he is it's a verse in the Quran where Allah he describes his awliya after saying that for them the awliya of Allah, they will not be in fear uh, and they will not experience sadness. amanu, Those who believe وَكَانُوا yattaqun, And they have taqwa of Allah. So the scholars, they mention, anybody who has these two traits is from the awliya of Allah. Anyone who has these two traits is from the awliya of Allah. Again, those who believe الَّذِينَ amanu. Any believer, any Muslim, mu'min who is believed in the pillars of iman and everything that has come within the Qur'an and within the sunnah and has iman in all of that, he is a believer. وَكَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ And has taqwa. And so to the extent of this iman and taqwa, the, 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 the higher or greater that iman is and the taqwa is, then the greater this person Uh, Is an awliya before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or is from the awliya. And a wali. So, those who have, yani, a high level of iman and and, and, uh, uh, have a high level of taqwa, then they are closer to Allah. They are awliya they are of levels and ranks. And they are closer. The one who has Iman and Taqwa, but Iman is, is weak, yeah, and his Taqwa is, is likewise at a level where it's weak, then he is still a Wali of Allah, but to a lesser degree. To a lesser degree. So as long as a person has these traits, then we say that they are from the only of Allah, and it is not as many think, and it is made out by the ignorant that the awliya of Allah are a specific group of people a very specific group of people such as the imams or those who have reached a certain level and not not every believer can reach it but rather here we see a, a broad definition that yes, the awliya of Allah and that level of closeness and that wilayah uh, with Allah that varies depending on the strength of iman the strength of taqwa now likewise we learn that um yani uh, that, that or that that to keep away and avoid asking for ruqya istirqa the meaning here of uh, the, 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 Imam saying, كون Tarkad ruqyah as Shaykh Ibn Uthamir, he said, is Tark istirqa Meaning, to avoid asking, not, not to avoid Rukya altogether, no. Meaning asking for Rukya. That a person asks for Rukya to be performed on him, on himself or her, uh, herself. Naam. To have, that, uh, that a person who stays away from that, then he ach- actually perfects his tawheed. But as we learn and we'll see also that for a person even if he was to firstly to, for a person to perform Rukya Rukya don't understand from this that Rukya altogether that we should stay away from it. No. A person performing Rukya on himself. This is something legislated from the Deen and this is not something a person stays away from. It's not something that a person stays away from. We're talking about uh, to make it easy, um, and so we understand fully that. Remember, this chapter heading is that whoever perfects Tawheed, then he will enter paradise without reckoning, without punishment. We're talking about if the the one who wants that higher level, who wants to to um, to achieve that reward. As for the one who, even if he was to ask for rukya, he goes and he asks for someone to perform rukya on him, It just all it means is that he has deprived himself of that virtue. Does it mean he's done something haram? Hmm? We have to understand that. Does it mean he's done something haram? No. Now, as for, again, there's this difference between asking for rukya to be done on oneself and a person doing rukya on himself. That is absolutely fine nam um, likewise we see we see or we saw that the combining factor in these matters on those matters that were mentioned in the description of the 70,000 is the act of tawakkul the matter of tawakkul their, their, complete reliance upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he described them, he said, Alladina la yestarqoon, those who do not seek the ruqya to be performed on them, wa la nor do they cauterize themselves, wa la nor do they believe in bad omens, wa ala rabbihim, yatawakkaloon. But they have complete reliance upon their Lord. So we see that the combining factor or description of the 70,000 is this matter of tawakkul, the complete reliance upon Allah subhanahu. We also learn from this chapter the great depth of knowledge that the sahaba they had. In that they knew that this virtue cannot be attained and acquired except by performing actions. Except by performing actions. How do we know that? Because the Sahaba, if we recall, they began to discuss amongst themselves, who are those 70,000? What did they say? Do you recall from the Hadith? Hmm? Maybe it's those who accompanied the Messenger of Allah, the Sahaba. Maybe it's those who made the Hijrah with him, who migrated with him. Maybe it's those who were born in Islam. So this shows to us that the Sahaba were trying to come to the conclusion and the, the, the reason, the action that these 70,000 must be performing or must have performed in order to, for them to have acquired this great virtue. So this shows to us the great depth of their knowledge in that they knew that that virtue cannot be acquired except through action. That virtue of being from the 70,000 cannot be acquired except by action. And so hence we now see from these chapters that we covered. And from the hadith of Mu'ad ibn Jabal, wherein the messenger of Allah wasallam he said, the right of Allah upon the servants is that they worship Him alone. And the right of the servants upon Allah is that He will not punish those who do not ascribe anything as a partner to Him. Those who do not commit shirk. What did he say? He said that they will not be punished. And then when Mu'ad said, nas Shall I not? Give glad tidings, good news to the people. What did he say? He said no, because they will rely on that. Meaning, they will then become reliant on that and not strive to perform the actions, these actions, the likes of these actions, and so they, uh, they, they uh, attain that the highest reward, which is to enter paradise without reckoning and without adab. Now, likewise. We see the zeal of the Sahaba And their desire for good Again, that is understood And taken from the fact that they Began to discuss amongst themselves Why or how The 70,000 um, um, Acquire that, that that virtue And that reward Naam And because uh, They themselves They wanted to come to that knowledge Why they will enter Paradise in such a way, so that they could then acquire that trait or come with come with that very description, which is within the seventy thousand. So they were asking for them to, so they could know, and thereafter they can then act upon that. So again, it shows their zeal, their zeal for khair. Now, um, we learn from the chapter the excellence and superiority of this nation in its kemiyyah and in its kefiyyah, in its quantity and its quality. In its quantity and its quality. Its quantity, we learn from the fact that within the hadith, the messenger of Allah, he said that he saw... Sawad Avim. A large group. So they are large. A large quantity. The, the virtue of this nation it is it is that it is a, a great large nation. Large in number. Great. Tremendous in number. And just from what we figured out from the from those who will enter paradise without punishment and without reckoning, we can say at the minimum, there is how many? Probably the quickest way to say it is 30,000 short of 5 million. So almost 5 million. 4, that we can put the number on. But then there are clearly many more. Because there, are, there remains also the three. Handfuls from the handfuls of Allah. That, 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 that is just those who will enter without hisab and without adab. Then there are those who will, who will enter, but they will have the hisab. And from them, those who will have adab, experience adab. Now, um, so this ummah is a large ummah. Uh, yani, those who will come, Yom Al-Qiyamah, the followers of the Messenger of Allah will be many in number. Many in number, larger than any other ummah in its quantity, as for its kefir, its quality, then the very fact that we have from this ummah, the likes of the 70,000 and more, those who will enter paradise without punishment and without reckoning, shows the quality, the great quality of this nation. Now, um, Likewise, the superiority of the nation of Musa alayhi salam, because, again if we recall, when the nations were displayed before the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he saw a large nation before seeing his own nation and that nation that he saw initially he thought that that was his nation a large nation but that was the nation and the ummah of musa alaihi salam so again showing to us that uh musa alaihi salam had many followers he had many followers likewise that the nations were displayed before the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and this, as Shaykh Ibn Athameen, he mentioned, gives, gives us two, or this was, um, uh, yani, uh, for two benefits. Tasliya for the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa meaning it was a consoling of, uh, the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and, yani, motivation, encouragement, in that when the nations were displayed before him, And he saw prophets who had no followers. Or a prophet who had one follower, two, three followers. And so, one of the benefits in the nations being displayed before him is that it was a consolement and an encouragement that you have many followers and you will have many followers. And likewise, it shows the virtue. And it showed him the virtue of uh, this ummah. Likewise, every nation will be gathered individually, separately from the other nations. Each nation will be brought and gathered separate from the other nations, along with the prophet sent to them. We also see, we also learn that there will they will be the, we, naam. the little response received by the prophets, that there were prophets who were met with, with no reception, or very few who received uh, or responded to the call unto the da'wah, the da'wah of Tawhid. Likewise, the fact that there will be a prophet who would come, who had no followers, and he will come on his own. The benefit of this knowledge is not to be deceived by al by large numbers. And this is an important point, that we are not, we are not to be deceived by the large numbers. And we are not to be put off from small numbers. Where do we take this from? Or how do we know this? That the point before, the matter before, now, the matter before, which is that there will, come a, there will come a prophet on his own. No followers. Does that mean, because he's clearly outnumbered by his nation, no one responded to him. Only one man Upon this message. The message of Tawheed. But the rest of the people. In his time. And those who he was sent to. Are upon other than Tawheed. And so. The majority are clearly upon other than. What the Prophet is upon. This shows to us. That we pay no attention to numbers. We pay no attention to the majority. Naam. And this is an extremely important point, my brothers. Now, And that leads us to the sixteenth And that is that the, there is an allowance in using ruqya for the evil eye and the poisonous sting. And that is taken from the hadith, la, la ruqya illa الْعَيْنِ there is no ruqya except from the evil eye and the poisonous thing. What did we say about this hadith? It was, it's, it's, what's not meant is that ruqya is specific only to these matters. But what it means is that if there's anything that is worthy of ruqya, more deserving. If you're going to do ruqya for something, then the evil eye. The poisonous sting. doesn't mean you can't do ruqya for anything else. That's the meaning. But it shows to us the allowance of performing r- uh, ruqya and using ruqya for these matters. Now, uh, the great depth of the knowledge of the Salaf due to the, the saying of Saeed ibn Jubair when he said that he who has stopped at what he heard has done well. However, such and such and such and such this Shows to us the great depth of knowledge that they had, and thus we see from this that the first had the hadith does not contradict the second, because when Hussein mentioned the hadith, wherein he said, after after being asked why he sought the rokia to be performed on himself, when he had been stung by that poisonous or oh, 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 that sting. Remember he went on to mention the hadith from the messenger of Allah This hadith that uh, there is no or oh, there, there is no ruqya uh, except from the evil eye and the poisonous sting. There's no contradiction between this hadith and the hadith that uh, that Sa'id uh, went on to mention. Now. Naam, and that is the hadith of the 70,000. And the fact that within the description of the 70,000, there are those who don't seek, don't seek the rukya to be performed on them. Don't ask for the rukya to be performed. There's no contradiction here. The first hadith is saying, is referring to, uh, is showing to us that there is an allowance for ruqya, That a person can perform rukya on himself. Hmm? That a person can perform rukya on himself. The second hadith is simply saying that if you want to be from the 70,000, if you want to be from the 70,000, then do not ask for rukya to be performed on you. Now, um, likewise, the salaf would avoid praising themselves with that which was not present within them. Where did we, or where did the imam take this from? Yes. Now, after Sa'idi, what did he ask? He said, who, who from amongst you saw the shooting star? And, uh, Hussein, he said, he said, I did, but I wasn't praying. I wasn't stood in prayer. So here we see that the, the, uh, Salaf would not praise themselves with that which was not within them. Naam, that's a, a, a benefit that we learn. Likewise, uh, the saying of the Messenger of Allah wasallam, when he said to Uqasha, he said, Antaminhum, Antaminhum. He said to him, "You are from them. You are from the 70,000. After he asked the Messenger of Allah to make du'a to Allah that He, that Allah makes uqasha from the seventy thousand, he said, "Antaminhum. You are from them. This is a sign of prophethood. One of the signs that Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi was a prophet, because as the." Uh, the scholars they mention that uqasha he he remained after this after this was said and after the messenger of allah said this he lived after and he was he didn't fall into disbelief kufr he didn't die as a disbeliever or as a hypocrite or as a mushrik he didn't leave islam and he didn't fall into any of this he remained protected from that and so because for example as the scholars they mentioned, if Uqasha, after the Messenger of Allah had stated this, if he had left Islam, if he had left Islam and died upon that, then we, يعني, this would be questioned that the Messenger, this would be a contradiction to, the, to before the people. The Messenger Muhammad Wasallam said this about him that he's from, he's from those who will enter Paradise without punishment, uh, without reckoning. However again and this is just as an example if he clearly he if he freed himself from islam before his death then this would then be something which would cause the people to to question the prophethood of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam so again a sign of the prophethood of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam the virtue of uqasha in that he is from the 70000 clearly that he is from the 70,000 who will enter paradise without punishment and without reckoning. And other than him, not just Uqasha, other than him, like the, the 10 who have been guaranteed paradise and other than them. We learn from this chapter the استعمال al يعني uh, the permissibility of using speech which is open to various interpretations. And this is taken from the point in the hadith wherein after Uqasha, he asked the Messenger of Allah s.a.w. to make dua, that he be from the 70,000. Messenger of Allah responded and said, you are from them. If you, if, you, if you recall what happened thereafter, another man, he stood and he said, now he said to the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, "Ask Allah to make me from them." What did he say, the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi has preceded you. Uqasha has preceded you. Here in explanation of these scholars, they mention they give a number of explanations. Firstly, they say that the messenger of Allah Sallallahu from revelation, he knew that he was not from them. This man who asked. The Messenger of Allah to ask Allah to make him from them, it was revealed to him that that man is not from the 70,000. And so here the Messenger of Allah, in order to not dishearten him, he said, he made, he said that that uqasha has preceded you to it, as opposed to telling him outright that you are not from them. You understand that? Some say that, um, so as to not open the door for others now to keep for everyone to keep coming and asking, and then eventually there will be one who is not from them. Then again, the Messenger of Allah would have to say, "You are not from them," and again this would dishearten this man. And so we see, which is the final point, the husnul uh, khuluq of the Messenger of the, Allah, the, the beautiful mannerisms of the Messenger of Allah. Some say that the, because the man was a hypocrite. Some say because the man was a hypocrite. In the explanation, that because the man was a hypocrite, the messenger didn't respond to him, and he responded or he responded to him in this way. Now, however, many of the scholars they come back at this and they say, no, this is a, this is a weak explanation, and that is because a munafiq, a true munafiq, one who who openly shows Islam but hides disbelief, he doesn't believe in these affairs. He's not going to ask. He's not going to ask that Allah that the messenger of Allah makes dua to Allah to make him from from them the, hypocr- the hypocrite would not ask for that so that is a weak position now so those are the um, important matters very extremely important matters that we learned from that chapter and there were many and there are more really in reality that we could take from everything that was mentioned within that chapter but those were the points mentioned by the imam we move on to the chapter um al shirk the chapter um the fear of shirk the fear of shirk naam and so the imam he he begins with wa qawlull azza wa the saying of allah the most high qawlullah ta'ala inna allaha la yakfiru an yushraka به wa ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء." The saying of Allah the Most High that verily Allah does not forgive that partners are set up with him in worship but he forgives lesser than that to whom he wills. So this is the first evidence that the Imam, he brings under this chapter. Um, The relevance firstly of this chapter, the fear of shirk, the relevance of this chapter now being brought brought in in the book after the previous uh, three chapters. The relevance is as some of the scholars have mentioned Is that after learning the purpose of our creation The right of Allah upon us And our right upon Allah After learning the virtues of Tawheed And then also being motivated to perfect that Tawheed And encouraged to perfect that Tawheed so as to attain that tremendous reward, then it is relevant to then mention the opposite of Tawheed. It is relevant to mention the opposite of Tawheed. Naam. And that it is not sufficient to know Tawheed and to even act upon Tawheed without knowing its opposite and avoiding its opposite. Because a person can come with Tawheed. A person can recognize Tawheed no Tawheed, and even come with Tawheed. But that doesn't mean he's saved. And he could still enter the fire forever. How is that? Because he also commits shirk. You can have someone who calls upon Allah alone, makes dua to Allah alone, at a stage in his life. Hmm? But then, there's another stage in his life, where he commits shirk. Or take for example, a person who was in ease in the land, on the land, he he calls upon Allah alone. He calls upon Allah alone. Then he goes on a journey, goes into the sea. And then when the waves come, fears for his life, at this point now, he calls upon other than Allah. Calls upon a wali. So there are many times in his life where he's called upon Allah. Maybe most occasions. However, when he was faced with some difficulty at this point now, maybe just one-off, a one-off occasion. He makes dua to other than Allah and he doesn't repent from that. Then that, took, that the, the, the points or those periods of time when he came with Tuhheed will not benefit him. So you see, the importance also knowing Tuhheed and avoiding, uh, so knowing Shirk and avoiding it by all uh, costs. Now and at all times So that is the relevance And uh, Sheikh Abdul Aziz Ibn Abbas he, he, he says um, um, At this point in, in his explanation He says within this Verse is an Explanation of the uh, The great um, uh, Or the serious Nature and danger uh, Of a shirk Upon an individual. Because a person, if he dies upon it, and he's not forgiven, he's not forgiven, then he will abide in the fire forever. The shaykh says, Huwa He will abide eternally in the fire. As opposed to the rest of the sins. فَهِيَ تَحْتَ All of the other sins are under the will of Allah. إن شَعَذَّبَهُ If Allah wills, He will forgive him. Na'am. And He will enter him into paradise. Or if He wills, uh, If He wills, He will punish him. If He wills, He will punish him بِقَدْرِهَا Yani, to the extent of his sins, he will, if he wills, he will punish him for his sins, and if he wills, he will forgive him. Now, As for a shirk, then Allah will not forgive. Now, The Imam continues and he then mentioned waqala al-Khalil. And the Khalil said, who is the Khalil? Ibrahim alayhi salam. And what's the meaning of Khalil? An intimate and close friend. Now, he said, (laughs) "وَجَنُوبِنِ وَبَنِيَ أَنْ نَعْبُدَ الْأَسْنَامِ وَجَنُوبِنِ وَبَنِيَ أَنْ نَعْبُدَ الْأَسْنَامِ," which means, "Keep me and my sons away from worshiping idols." Now, now, sorry. So here, sorry, just getting ahead of myself. So under that chapter wherein we have Ibrahim alayhi salam making dua to Allah that Allah protects him and his children from Worshipping the idols here, Shaykh ibn al-Baz, he comments and he says that the Asnam, then huwa, or asnam, huwa ma, uh, nuhita ala surah, sura, kasurah, insan, or hayyawan. He said that the sonam, or the idol, is that which is carved. Yani, in an image, of A person Or an animal That is a sonam, that is an idol And he says that the Mushrikun, the polytheists And those who would worship others besides Allah And those who would worship the idols He says that they were of types From them, those who Would worship the idols From them Those who would worship the idols In the description that you just heard Idols that uh, were carved in the form or in the image of humans and of animals. And then there were those who, who would worship other than the idols. So they would worship the trees. And those who would worship the bahar, the The sea. And as we know from the Mushrikeen, those who believe there's a god for the sea and so on. Um, From them, those who would worship the sun, those who would worship the moon. All of them, the the common description between them is that they all direct worship to others besides Allah. Now, thereafter, the Imam. He brings a hadith, and so he say he says, وَفِي hadith?" And in the hadith, "أَخْوَفُ مَا أَخَافُ عَلَيْكُمْ الْشِّرْكُ الْأَصَغَرِ." That which I fear for you the most is the minor shirk. فَسُؤَلَ عَنْهُ. So the Messenger of Allah صلى was asked concerning this minor shirk, to which he said, الرياء. He said, it is showing off. It is to show off. Now, and so here, ibn Baz rahimahullah, he says that this shows to us that we are to be extremely cautious regarding al showing off. And that it is serious. And that the righteous people can be put to trial. Can be put to trial through a And so a person, he likes to show others that he prays. Or that he gives a zakat, Or that, he, that he's fasting and so on. Or that he commands the good and forbids the evil. Sheikh, he says that this hadith shows to us that uh, this is something serious, since the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said that that which I fear for you the most, Naam, <inaudible> something which is hidden, ash-shirk al asghar and when we when we hear from what we've heard, ash-shirk al asghar then here we can see that there is a minor form of shirk and a greater form of shirk. Because if there's a shirk al-Asghar, then that means there is also a shirk al-Akbar. al is from a shirk al-Asghar. But when we hear al-Asghar, minor, don't belittle this affair. Because from the scholars, those who say that although it's minor shirk, it is a kabira, min al-Kabari. It is a major sin. So don't let the, 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 the word minor or asghar make you believe it's something minor and small. It is still a major sin. It is a major sin. So whoever performs an action, he performs an action and, yeah, and within this action, there is something of showing off to others. And So the action itself, he begins, and the scholars, they they, they discuss this and explain this. Some detail that a person who performs righteous actions and he tends from this showing off to, to show others or that he and it is said about him or heard concerning him that he does such and such and such and such, and a person he does this in order to to uh, acquire that attention and to uh, show. His righteousness to the people, and this is something that, and he has within within him his, his his heart and his intentions. Then, the scholars they discuss this and they say that this can very quickly, for an individual, someone who is put to trial with this, can can turn into a shirk al akbar. The one who who is consistent in this, and it is the aghlab with him. Or it is very, yeah, it is consistent with him. Many of his actions, he performs them to show off. As opposed to, for example, one who, and this can happen to any of us, one who is performing a righteous action, and it is the case that you're always performing your actions for the sake of Allah, purely for him. But, there could come a time and a moment wherein Something comes to your heart. Because somebody has entered upon you. And it has appeared to you. And possibly, even for a moment, for a duration, You and you fell into something of showing off. Showing off that you're, you're praying or that you're reciting the Quran. Or that you're given in charity. This can happen. Maybe you, st- you, you, you began and started off with that action and it was purely for Allah. I'm going to give in charity. I'm going to give to my Muslim brothers and sisters who are in need for the sake of Allah. But as you go to give it and to submit this zakat, to give it to somebody or to, yani, to, 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 to those who are in charge of receiving the zakat, something enters your heart. This can happen to any of us. And there's a, it's a short moment and a period Wherein you're afflicted with that, and again, you may, you you may actually be guilty of that. This is something that can come about, and the scholars they mentioned, this remains as the minor shirk. That action in itself, if if a person persists upon that, and if the, the, the person continues to complete that action, along with that riyah, that has entered his heart, and he goes along with it, and he doesn't rectify his intention, then that action is nullified. That action is nullified. As for if, he begins out, and he starts out sincere, and he doesn't intend to show off. But then, it comes to him. There's a moment, wherein, he, it enters into him. Al-riya. And there's a moment where he, 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 he's showing off. But then, he checks himself. And he corrects himself. And he knows it's wrong. And he says, astaghfirullah. And he corrects his intention. Then the scholars, they mentioned that the action is accepted. Because that itself is an act of worship. That itself is an act of worship. And that is from ikhlas. That is from sincerity and from tawheed. But as for if a person continues with it, and that action now becomes spoiled through that riya, and he's persistent in that, then that action is, is, is nullified. That can happen for any of, with any of us. And that action is nullified. And it's maybe a one-off. As for the one who does that consistently with all of his actions, and the scholars have mentioned, that then turns into shirk al-Akbar. Because his actions يعني, more often than not are for other than Allah. And so, يعني, we shouldn't take this affair light. And, يعني, something, it is something that we must be, uh, be cautious concerning. The Imam then brings the Hadith from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من مات وهو يدعو لله ندّا دخل النار From Abdullah ibn Mas'ud who said that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he said that whoever dies while he calls upon a rival or a partner alongside Allah will enter the fire. He will Enter the fire. Now and so here al Shaykh ibn Abbas he gives a brief uh, explanation here and he says again this shows to us the serious nature of shirk and the obligation of fearing ash shirk. And the hadith also shows to us Mujibatan two obligations. Two obligations. The first is that whoever meets Allah whilst he has not committed shirk with Allah or he meets Allah in a state wherein he's free from associating partners or making partners with Allah, then he will enter paradise. It's a mujib. It's something that is obligatory. Allah will enter him into paradise. And the second is that whoever meets him, having associated partners with Allah, and dies upon that, then it is binding and obligatory that he enters the fire. And for that, for that reason, it has come in another wording of the hadith, um, wherein the Messenger of Allah, he said, أَلَا bil بِالْمُوْجِبَتَيْنِ shall I not inform you of the two yeah, binding matters, the two obligations. And they said, yes, of course. So the messenger of went on to mention this hadith. That whoever, whoever dies having uh, called upon a rival, partner, alongside Allah, will enter the fire. Na'am. And that whoever meets him without ascribing a partner to him will enter paradise. Naam. And so these are the uh, evidences, the ayat and ahadith hadith brought by the Imam in this chapter. And um, with this we have com- completed this chapter and we very briefly and we'll end with this. Um, we go through the important matters that we've learned from this chapter. Or, after um, one, there is the, the final hadith. Again, um, similar to the previous hadith. So, um, we will we'll go through this briefly. The hadith from Imam Muslim, um, from Jabir radiallahu anhu, that the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, he said, uh, من لقي الله لا يشرك به شيئا Shay'an dakhal We explain this within the explanation of Shaykh Abdulaziz Aziz Baz That whoever meets Allah not having ascribed partners with him will enter paradise. And whoever meets him having ascribed partners with him, Na'am, will enter the fire. As you can see that hadith is recorded by Imam Muslim. Clear in its meaning. And that is the hadith of one that the Imam was referring to. Wherein he said there are the, the, the two necessities, and shall I not inform you of the two necessities wherein the Sahaba or thereafter the Sahaba they said, of course, and then the messenger mentioned these two matters. The important matters we learn from this chapter, and we end this chapter with this with these points, firstly, the fear of a shirk, the fear of a shirk, and that is clear from from all of the evidence is brought by the imam. Uh, but specifically, إِنَّ اللَّهَ la يَكْفِرُ If we must truly comp- comprehend that and reflect on that for a moment. إِنَّ اللَّهَ la يَكْفِرُ Indeed, Allah will not forgive. Very serious. We should strike fear into the believer that Allah will not forgive shirk. An extremely serious matter and this should strike fear into uh, to the believer. And likewise wajanubani wabaniyya and nabudul asnam and protect me and my children. Ibrahim Aslam what he said protect me and my children from worshipping the idols. Now likewise uh, that riya showing off is from a shirk that's taken from the hadith akhwaf Ma Akaf. alaykum. That which I fear the most for you is the minor shirk. And then the Rasulullah S.A. went on to describe it as being a. The third matter is that it is from minor shirk. And we explain that. The fourth, أنه أخوف ما يخاف منه على الصالحين. It is what he, the Messenger of Allah S.A. feared the most for the righteous. The fifth is قرب الجنة والنار. The close nature of paradise and the hellfire. And that is that all it takes is for a person is to commit shirk with Allah. And if he dies upon that, that that causes him to enter the fire. نعم. The fifth matter is, or this the sixth matter, is the combination of both paradise and hellfire being stated within the same hadith. Naam. That last hadith that we, uh, we read from Jabir. Uh, radiallahu anhu. Naam. Whoever meets Allah without ascribing anything as a partner to him will enter paradise and whoever meets Allah was ascribing partners to him will enter the fire. The seventh matter is, that whosoever meets Allah, not having ascribed anything as a partner with him, will enter paradise. Whoever meets him, having ascribed partners with him, will enter the fire, even if he is from the people, that are the, the most fervent in worship. I nas, as the Imam he mentioned, he's from, the most worshipping of people. And he worships, he 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 is fervent in his worship. Even if that is the case, if he happens to meet Allah, was having ascribed partners to him, then he will enter the fire. He will enter the fire. Naam. Even if he comes with all of those actions. The actions of worship. The eighth matter is the important matter of the Khalil, Ibrahim salam, the close friend of Allah, asking for himself and his children to be protected from worshipping the idols. That is clear from the verse and where, 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 where Ibrahim A.S., he made that dua. The ninth matter, um, from the eleven matters mentioned, so we come to the ninth matter towards the end. The ninth matter is the recognition of Ibrahim a.s. Uh, him recognizing the condition of many people when, when he said, He said, Oh my Lord, they have indeed led astray many among mankind. Meaning the idols. رَبِّ إِنَّهُنَّ كَثِيرًا مِّنَ النَّاسِ now, wherein um, Ibrahim, aslam he said, indeed, after making dua, that Allah protects him and his children from worshiping the idols, he said, indeed, Rabbi إِنَّهُنَّ أَضْلَلْنَا كَثِيرًا مِنَ He said, my Lord, they have indeed led astray many among mankind. And so, Ibrahim recognized the condition of many of the people. This is their condition. Many of them led astray. Now, the 10th matter is that in it in this chapter is an explanation of la ilaha illallah as imam bukhari he mentioned and here the scholars have mentioned that bukhari throughout his sahih the compilation of authentic ahadith via his chapter headings and so on he makes clear uh the explanation of Tawheed, and that is uh يعني, that Tawheed is not just to worship Allah alone, but to free oneself from a shirk as well, as we mentioned before. That it is not sufficient to just worship Allah alone, but a person must avoid a shirk. Because if a person at times worships Allah alone, but there are times where he commits shirk with Allah, then the, the times wherein he worships Allah alone do not benefit him. And so the explanation of La ilaha illallah is an affirmation and a negation. An affirmation, they say, it is Ithbat and Nafi. When we say La ilaha, that is negation. We are negating worship from anything others besides Allah. And so we are freeing ourselves from Ashirq and recognizing that Allah or recognizing that anything else that is worshipped besides Him is not worshipped in truth, and then within this kalima, when the believer he says Illallah, that is an affirmation, and he's affirming tawheed, he's affirming that worship is to be directed to Allah alone. Those two matters have to be present, and that is the explanation of la ilaha illallah. Now, the final matter is the superiority of the one who is free from shirk. Who is free from shirk, and that is that he will enter paradise. And that is also that Allah Ta'ala will, will, if he chooses, forgive him for sins lesser than that. That if he he commits sins lesser than shirk, then Allah can forgive him. If he chooses, he can punish him. But Allah can, can can forgive him and not punish him at all. But that is from the, from his virtue or the by by way of virtue of that tawheed that he, he comes with. now that tawheed can result or can have it, can 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 result in him being, even though, يعني, he may not have. Falling into the description of the seventy thousand, he may come with sins, major sins, and he may have fallen into some of those things, such as cauterizing himself, or he sought rokia from someone, believed in bad omens. Even if he came with those things, or he comes with things much greater than that, than them, he comes comes with major sins. He can still be forgiven if, as long he's come, as he, as long as he comes with Tawheed. Because this verse shows us Inallah Allah and and indeed Allah does not forgive that Shirk is committed with him, but he forgives lesser than that. So he can forgive He can forgive, as the scholars have mentioned, that He may forgive him wahala from the onset, not even punish him at all. Even if he's done all of those things. Major sins even if he's done those things which go against the description in the 70,000. Right? So you can, you can say, well, well, this person, he sought Rukya. This person, he sought Rukya to be performed on himself, but then he was forgiven all his sins, which then means he entered paradise without punishment. Right? But he did something which is 70,000. Yeah, and he stayed away from. Hmm? But he shares with them in entering paradise without punishment. Hmm? But that goes back to what? Allah's will. Allah's will, He can forgive him all of those sins. But with the condition that He comes with tawhid. So, again, showing the virtue of the one who is free from a shirk. That He may be forgiven. Even if He comes with all of these sins, He may be forgiven completely. doesn't face any punishment. But at the same time, He may be punished. But his final abode is paradise. Naam. Hada wa sala wa salaam wa nanaybin Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahabi ajma'in. Naam. Many people think about Riyah It's just about worship, it's also about the word Riyah. Riyah. Naam. That's right, that's right, that's right. Naam. We're going to cover that within this kitab, and we'll save that for the Naam. I wasn't up. Sorry, I wasn't praying. I wasn't praying now. Not, not in the time of? Time when you saw that the storm, no Yeah, yep. praying, yeah, that- Possible? Yes, it's possible. Like a person. Um, again, this can go back to the humble nature of a of an individual, and uh, maybe he was up praying. Uh, but he stepped away for a moment, took a break, happened to see the star, and so he said that I wasn't praying, and what he, what he meant is at that, that particular point he wasn't praying, but he was praying in the night. But he didn't want to say that because he didn't want to spoil his deeds. And he didn't want to, yani, sh- show off. Now, nah. It's possible. Mm-hmm. This proves to us that it's, allow- it's permissible, yes, allowed. The person can do this, yes. It's not specific to the Messenger Allah. The permissibility of doing so. Of, to avoid evil eye uh, and so on. Naam, that, that is that is um, something that the scholars they mention is allowed. And if we go back also to the story of Yusuf alayhi salam, when we, long story as you know But when it came to the point Where um, Yusuf had now became The minister In the land Working for the Aziz In charge of the finances In charge of the provisions And so on And when the uh, uh, His brothers The other sons of His father Yaqub When they Came seeking their portion, and provisions. Yani that uh, Yusuf alayhis was in charge of, in charge of distributing. When he recognized them, what did he say? He said, "Bring to me a brother of yours," meaning Benjamin, the brother that they didn't bring along with them. And Benjamin was the brother of Yusuf alayhis from the same mother. As for the other brothers, they were from a different mother. They all share, shared the same father, Ya'qub al So he said that if you if you bring him, then I'll give you a greater, a bigger portion, a greater portion. And then they went back to their father, Ya'qub al-Islam, and they said, "Send Benjamin with us." And then what did Ya'qub al-Islam say? abba bin Don't enter through one door. Enter through, through multiple doors. Separate yourselves and go through multiple doors. Why did he say that? From the Ayn scholars, they mention and they explain it's because uh, eleven, eleven sons, eleven brothers. Because there were twelve altogether. Yeah, but Yusuf Al Salam was already there. But these eleven sons coming together. If they were to enter together, this is something which people, they, 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 they're, they're amazed by when they see somebody who has 11 sons. Hmm? You know, 11 sons. It's uh, something that the people, they, 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 they like. They, like they, they, they marvel at the, yeah, one who possesses wealth, but also children. And so to, uh, the scholars, they mentioned that he did this, Yaqub Islam, he did this, in order to avoid the evil eye. Scholars, I mentioned that you can do certain things, say certain things, if you fear the evil eye. Now, so a long way of answering your question. No. Multiple wives? Mm-hmm. Similarly, yes. Yeah, scholars, I mentioned. If you fear the evil eye, if you fear the evil eye from a people, uh, then you can play around with words. Use 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 speech which, yeah, uh, is is open to various interpretations. So, you know, I mean, um, I, f- I think a common one that you know you can use it's probably like a, a one that you can use for for many is if someone asks you do you have, you, know, you uh, uh, in this case do you have more than you know do you have more than one wife, insha'allah. <laughs> And, you know, you could, you could intend, you can intend, uh, in Jannah. And so, you, you know, you, 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 can, you can, you can, yeah, and if for, for other than this, you know, the scholars, the, the scholars they mentioned that you can do this now. So there, and sometimes there are moments where it becomes obligatory. It can become, uh, this is similar to a matter where, uh, in fact, it's the same thing, um, wherein a person can, uh Use speech in a particular way to give off a, 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 a particular understanding, but he, yeah, um, he he intends by way of it something else. Like Ibrahim as-Salam, what did he say when he said when the king wanted uh, to take his wife? Because he was a king who, whenever. Um, uh, it was it said to him that there is a strikingly beautiful woman or even if he would see himself he would take her for, for, for himself um, and so uh, when, he was, when he was informed of the wife of Ibrahim he said oh, from the means that he took in order to protect his marriage with his wife and, and to not have the king take uh, his wife from him, what did he say? He said that she is my sister she 's my sister mm-hmm. because he was the type uh, that wouldn 't want another man to be with this woman and he would become jealous so if ibrahim said she 's my sister then he wouldn 't yeah uh, any or this would be something by way of, yeah something of a barrier or something that he could use to yeah um, to, to to use against the king. Um, and so he intended here. That she is my sister. In the religion. My sister in Iman. Now. And uh, likewise. For example the scholars. They mentioned that. Um, specific situations. Uh, wherein. Um, a person. He can use. This kind of speech. Example. If. Um, We're in. A situation of um, warfare, and a person is travelling, and he has with him weapons. You know, we're living in this particular, say, in this uh, type of situation, and wherein it's necessary to, to, to carry weapons and so on. However, if he's pulled by the enemy, and they ask, "Do you have?" Do you have any weapons with you? And he, he, he does have weapons with him. However, he wants to avoid being checked on someone, his, let's say his vehicle or that which is with him. Um, he responds by saying, I don't have a weapon. He says, I don't have a weapon. But what he means is I don't have. So they understand from that, what well, he has no weapons with him single weapon. What he intends, I don't have just one weapon. I have weapons. I have weapons with me. So this is something that scholars mention. Share what they mean he mentions this. Um, likewise, for example, a person who comes to, a person who comes to take the life of someone. So he comes to take the life of someone who is present with you in your house, in your, in your, in your home. And... He comes to the door and he says, "Is so and so here?" Here, the the, the, the sheikh, he mentioned that he, this is an instance where it is obligatory to use this speech. So he he said, if he's in the house with him, but you have to you, you have to protect him, then you say, "No, he's not here. He's not here." And What you intend is not he right here in this hallway with me, but he's in the other room. Um, and the scholars I mentioned here even if you have to lie anyway for the m- overall maslaha and خفض ضررين. خفض ضررين, the, 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 the the lesser of the evils either you lie huh or you you, you allow this man to die two evils what 's the lesser of the evils to lie of course no